When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The long hiatus is over. This is episode 187 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Midtown and Rebound podcast network brought to you by the Fans First Sports Network family. I am Sean St. Jacques. This is the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. It has finally returned our long Way too long. Hiatus is over. We are finally back. We are on a new network. Happy to be part of the Fans First Sports Network. Finally getting this first new podcast out with the new network. Extremely excited. It's been a long uh, few months. Uh, Actually, well, maybe it feels like a few months. It's been at least a month and a half uh, of going through this process. And I've had a lot of other things going on, you know, with my main career, with personal stuff, traveling back down to Florida for work uh, for 2023. Lots been going on, but this is finally official. It's technically been official for a few weeks, but now we're putting pen to paper here and we're putting out a new podcast. Very, very exciting. I just want to, first of all, thank all of you for sticking with this. I can't wait to see uh, this podcast uh, continue to grow. You know, there was a moment there, as you know, from the last one we recorded, the the abbreviated show, uh, where I didn't know what the future of the show was going to be. I wanted to continue it. I didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, here we are. We now get to continue to do it. So I just want to thank everybody over at Fans First Sports Network. Brian Salvatore uh, was the one who recruited me to come on and do this, and uh, he's the one that. Uh, host the Amazing Avenue Mets podcast back in the SB Nation catalog. He's continuing to do that, and I can't wait to continue to do this show with a huge group of great podcasters. So this is a very exciting day. This is a very exciting show. We will talk a lot about the red-hot New York Knickerbockers on the show. The Knicks are in the playoffs, they are going to play the Cavs in the first round. We'll talk about it, and we'll talk about the end of the regular season, what's to come. And I do want to touch on a, a what's continued to be a soap opera, crazy, wacky saga that is the Western Conference playoff chase. So we'll get to all of it. Uh, but again, thank you so much for sticking with this show. I can't wait to see how not only mid, the Midtown and Rebound, Nick's uh, you know, umbrella of podcasts grows moving forward, uh, including this show, the Shock Shock Nick's podcast, but then also Fans First Sports Network uh, is going to grow quite a bit, and it's going to be really, really fun to be a part of it. The goal right now is to now start to do the show multiple times a week. I can't promise you it's going to be the same amount of time each episode. Some of the episodes will likely be shorter. Uh, but I want to do playoff recaps. I want to do, you know, uh, NBA playoff shows about the other games. Like, I want to be doing a lot. So we're going to try to expand it as best we can. And it is certainly not going to be 
uh, one episode a week like we've been doing it. We're going to try to expand. So it's very exciting. Thrilled to be a part of it. Um, and again, at SJ7 on Twitter is the place to go to keep up with what I'm doing and to ask questions, to get involved with the show. That's still the best place to do it. Um, but you can also go to at FansFirstSN on Twitter to keep track of my podcast, but also the family of podcasts that we have going up daily. So fans of all sports, fans of any market, you're covered. We have it all. It's very, very exciting stuff. So let's jump in. Actually, one more quick thing. Beg your pardon. One more quick thing. Um, for those that still follow uh, postingandtoasting.com, I still will be working with them on a writing basis only. Obviously, the podcast has now been moved away from SB Nation. So again, on Twitter, whether it's for uh, my handle or the Fans First Sports Network, uh, handle Fans First SN or at SJ7. Those are the two places to keep up with my podcasting stuff. And then if you want to keep up with my writing stuff, postingandtoasting.com under my name, Sean St. Jacques, or keep it on Twitter. I always post my articles on Twitter, and it'll be the same thing for this podcast. So this has been a crazy couple of weeks. You know, while all this stuff's been going on behind the scenes, I've been thrilled with the with the way the Knicks have been playing. It's as well as the Knicks have played, I think, since I've been a fan of the team. Um, I've been still keeping, you know, tabs on other Knicks friends and people uh, in sports media, just getting their thoughts on it. And it's been really interesting to to see people respect the Knicks. It doesn't happen often. And it's a beautiful thing to start to see as this season goes along. And it, it again, it wasn't like this early in the season. I think that that needs to be reiterated, right? It was a, it was a thing early in the year where, yes, the Knicks got Jalen Brunson, but they'd given up so much to get him that we weren't sure if it was worth it. And then, you know, you would see signs of it. It would be a little hit or miss at times with the team. And, you know, they'd go on a two-game winning streak, then a three-game losing streak, then a four-game winning streak, then they'd lose four in a row after that. And we weren't really sure. And the more I watch the team play, the more that I'm convinced that the Josh Hart acquisition has just totally changed the trajectory of the Knicks season and potentially of the Knicks franchise for the next three, four, five years. Bringing in a glue guy, and he's really more than that. I, I think that Josh Hart doesn't always, by the way, throughout his entire NBA career, has not always gotten the recognition that he deserves because players in that role just don't get it, right? They don't get that recognition that the stars get in the NBA. And Josh Hart is somebody who's a jack of all trades, a Josh of all trades, dare I say. And not only is he a 3 and D guy, but on defense, he can guard multiple positions. He's going to get in the passing lanes. He's going to make things difficult for opposing offenses to run their sets. And he can guard the best players on the opposition team, almost regardless of position. It's really impressive. And I, and I wrote an article about this a few weeks ago. Actually, it was about a week ago. Basically talking about 
one of the interesting things with Josh Hart is that so many times over the years, I, I've, I've talked to Nick fans and I've had this thought myself where when the Knicks haven't played well, you hear this, uh, you hear the narrative of they don't play like a Nick team. They don't play like the Knicks. You know, they don't represent the city of New York like they should. And, and to me, and maybe you listening have a different definition of this, to me, that means hard nose, extra effort, diving on the floor, breaking up passes, hard fouls in the paint, being aggressive on offense, taking contact, and making things happen on the on both ends of the floor, whether it's making a key steal on the defensive end or a big rebound, or an offensive rebound, putback, or an extra pass for a three. It's the little things that the New York fans appreciate because New York fans are the most knowledgeable in all of sports. It, it just, there really is no comparison in my opinion. And they know it when they see it. And Josh Hart is the epitome of that. He plays like a Nick. He plays like you have to play when you play your home games at Madison Square Garden. And it has become infectious. It has spread throughout the rest of the team. You're seeing Mitchell Robinson up his game. Emmanuel Quickly's had the best stretch of play in his entire career over these last two or three months. He's been phenomenal. And he's taken some of the pressure, not only off of Julius Randle, but off of his former Villanova teammate, and obviously current Nick teammate, it's a beautiful thing to see, Jalen Brunson. So... The, the the addition of Josh Hart, for lack of a better term, has just been so paramount to this Knicks season. And it gives them a legitimate chance to make a bit of a run in the playoffs. It really does. And I want to make this clear off the bat. We, I do want to briefly go back over a few of the recent games, and, and we're going to get to the West. I'm going to save a lot of time because... Boy, do I have a few things to, to talk about with the Western Conference playoff race. Holy bleep. But Josh Hart, with the way he plays, I, I do feel like he's, you know, he's turned the Knicks into maybe they get into the playoffs too. They can make a run, right? It's changed that drastically. But going back to what I was going to say originally, Cleveland's a tough series. I, I really want to reiterate this because the Knicks have handled Cleveland in the regular season. They really have. I mean, I'm actually pretty surprised how well the Knicks have played the Cavs this season. They just went to Cleveland about a week ago and knocked off the Cavs by 14 in their own building. I, I mean, it was a really impressive performance. I mean, Jalen Brunson had 48 he was just off the charts good in that game. It, it was a career high. The, the Knicks won the season series 3-1 to one over Cleveland, and two of the games, the Knicks were clearly the better team. The, the, the December 4th game at MSG, the Knicks won by double digits, and then this recent game in Cleveland, they just, just crushed the Cavs. And to be fair, you go back to October 30th and you say, well, but Sean, they got waxed in Cleveland the first time, it's it, it just two totally different teams at that period of time. October 30th feels like it was 10 years ago right now. 
considering where the where the Knicks have elevated themselves, and the fact that yes, the Cavs have still had a very good season. They're very difficult to beat at home. They have one of the best home records in the NBA. But the Knicks showed again the other night that they can go on the road and beat good contending NBA competition. I thought it was arguably one of the five best Nick wins of the season. And there's been a lot of good Nick wins that the Knicks have really, and I, and I was worrying about this early in the year. The Knicks have stacked up some really impressive wins this season. The, the two wins, two of the wins over Miami, uh, they beat them three times, but two of the most two, the two most recent wins over Miami have been tremendous. The win in Boston back on March 5th stands out as well. I, I mean, the list goes on and on. The Knicks have had some really nice wins. They've won in Atlanta by 21 this season. They crushed the Celtics at home, blew out Brooklyn at home. I mean, again, there's a lot of them. There's And actually, the Knicks have won in Boston twice this year. Now, the tough part is, when you look at the draw, Cleveland's tough. You know, the Knicks handled them, but this is the postseason now. It's It's going to be difficult. But number two is, if you win, you get the Bucks next, most likely. You're probably going to get the Bucks. That's going to be a very difficult series. And I'll be interested to see. I'd love to see the Knicks get their shot at, at Milwaukee. Milwaukee has really given the Knicks trouble this season. But, again, if it, again, if it comes to this, a lot of things are still you know up in the air as far as this potential scenario, the Knicks, you know, haven't played the Bucs since January. That's worth noting, January 9th. The Bucs won all three games, but it, they were all close. They were all, except for the first game, single digits. 11-6-4. So, there's a, again, the Knicks have a chance. Try not to dream too big here, right? But the Knicks have a legitimate chance to make some noise in the NBA playoffs. And that's just a beautiful place to be. It's just a, a such a nice uh, sentiment to have. And, yeah, the Knicks, again, the Knicks are locked into that five spot. They can't catch Cleveland. There's only two games left. Knicks are three back. Knicks can get to 49 wins, which would just be a tremendous season as far as the regular season is concerned. And, again, the Cavs are 31-9 and nine at home. So that's, again daunting but they're under 500 away from home so if you get one in cleveland the garden becomes you know a big home haven for the knicks and could be a really really fun postseason and again you know i i I dream about you know some of the crowds we saw two years ago when the knicks lost in five to atlanta i mean the roof blew off the garden four or five times a night in those first two games it was just incredible to watch, and I would have loved to uh, have seen them advance in that series. Didn't work out, but it's going to be electric. I can't wait to see it, and it's going to be a great series. Again, you know, we're we're waiting to see. You know, again, the Bucks are the one. Boston, Philly, still a chance to swap there. Probably going to be Boston two, Philly three, and then the real story. And as we kind of transition into the broader scope here, the real story in the East is going to be uh, who gets the six and who gets the seven. It's a game and a half difference between Brooklyn and Miami. 
Philly most likely awaits, and, and it's going to be a really interesting uh, situation there because if the Heat don't get into the playoffs, right, if they have to play in the play-in round, they're either going to get one of the Hawks, Raptors, or Bulls in the play-in. I mean, that's not easy at all. So that's going to be tough. Again, the, the Heat will have the upper hand. They get an extra game if they lose to um, to kind of fight back here. Or I guess they don't have to play an extra game, I should say. that That's for, you know, the Bulls right now. The Bulls will play the Raptors, the, you know, Heat play the Hawks. If they lose, they get another shot at either the, you know, the Raptors or the Bulls. So they get two shots at it if they need it. So it's it's all fascinating in the East right now. I mean, again, we know who's in the play-in. We know the we know the ten teams, right? The Magic tried to keep it alive. I I, I must say the Orlando's finished the season relatively strong, but we kind of knew it was going to be Chicago, Toronto, Atlanta, and then either Miami or Brooklyn in the play-in, and then whoever the other you know. It's most likely going to be Brooklyn, but then the other will be the six. So it's it's going to be a really fun Eastern Conference NBA playoffs. And again, just to reiterate that the Knicks of late, I mean, IQ, Josh Hart, Randall, Brunson, Robinson. I mean, Obi Toppin goes off for 32 in Indiana last night in, in Indianapolis. I mean, just... Everybody clicking, and again, Indiana, this is not your classic, you know, contending Indiana. They've been faltering. They've lost eight of their last ten, but the Knicks are rolling. It's great to see them playing well at the right time in the season, and now we'll get to see. You know, they have two regular season games left. They play New Orleans uh, on Friday night. I think they're in New Orleans on Friday and then they play the Pacers, I think, again to finish off the regular season. And that game will be on Sunday at Madison Square Garden. So the Knicks have a chance to finish this regular season strong. It'd be great to see them get up to 49 wins. And then we'll see how they can handle themselves in the postseason. But what a year it's been. And again, Josh Hart. His addition, I mean, you just can't overstate it. And I didn't even, didn't even mention you know, the likes of Isaiah Hartenstein and Quentin Grimes, who have started to pick things back up over the last month or so after they've struggled. And R.J. Barrett, you know, has had some ridiculously good games. I mean, you know, since since I last spoke to you, Julius Randle scored 57 in a loss, and then Jalen Brunson scored 48 in a win. I mean, you know, it's all been happening, but... The, the biggest thing is the Knicks have won five in a row. They've won eight of their last 11. I mean, you do you, you can even go over an extended run here of games. They've won 12 of their last 18 games. I mean, that's exactly where you want to be at the end of the regular season. And this month of March has been very kind to the Knicks. They've been, again, they've been a bit up and down at times. But this run where they've beaten Houston, Miami, Cleveland, Washington, where they came behind, came from behind, and then took care of Indiana in Indianapolis, we're, we're starting to see the Knicks click. And again, you know, Jalen Brunson was hurt during part of this run, in and out of the lineup. And that's where Emmanuel quickly really shined. More great play from Julius Randle. You see some great work underneath from Hartenstein and Robinson and Hart. Grimes stepping up. R.J. Barrett having big nights when he's needed to. 
So there, there's a lot to like, a lot to like about the current state of the New York Knicks. One thing that doesn't change is that we do need to take a break in the middle of the podcast. We will do so now. Lots still to get to here on the show. We will touch on the Western Conference. We touched a little bit on the East already, and I, I think you got a general idea of what's going on. Again, the biggest thing still to take care of, will Brooklyn be the six or the seven, uh, and, and where will Miami fit into that equation as well? We'll take a break. When we come back, we will sort out the craziness in the Western Conference. Is Dallas going to miss out on the postseason completely? Where do the Lakers factor in? And can Golden State avoid the play-in? All of that and more is next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Midtown and Rebound podcast network, all part of the Fans First Sports Network. The West. Where do we begin? I mean, so many storylines in the Western Conference to get to here. And we know this now about the West. This has been a decade-long, maybe longer um, uh, storyline in the West. Just the piggyback riding that goes on and the you know, leapfrogging that occurs. It's just incredible to watch. And the West, again, is the conference providing the late regular season drama. It always does. It's delivering again. And let's just start with this. The Denver Nuggets. I mean, they had a little bit of trouble in the middle of the season. They are going to, in all likelihood, be the top seed in the West. Memphis. Boy, have they had a season. Holy smokes, they've had as up and down of a regular season as we can remember for a team. And I'll tell you what, they're still the two seed right now. At the end of the regular season, they will be a factor. How about, how about those pesky Sacramento Kings? Light the beam. Light the beam. How about this? I mean, just an incredible regular season. 48 wins, already in the pocket. They, they've they had an incredible year on the road. They've won 25 of their 40 road games this season. By the way, that's the best mark in the West. The Sacramento Bleeping Kings have the best road record in the Western Conference. I mean, who saw that coming? The answer is nobody. I mean, that's just insane. It's the third best, I beg your pardon, the second best road record in the entire NBA. Only the Bucks have a better road record in the NBA than the Sacramento Kings. I mean, what a year. And they're, and they're going to have home playoff games in the first round. Who they're going to play, I mean, could be fascinating. And we'll get to that in a second. But what a, what a year to be a Kings fan. And Knicks fans can relate to this. What a time. What a time to be a Sacramento King. A huge hat tip to the players. I mean, the front office has been under so much scrutiny, but the players they've been able to get in place, got to give them some credit here, have proved to be worthy, worthy players. And it's been an incredible season. 
I can't say that, state that enough. They're the team that has surprised me the most in the NBA this year by a mile. Uh, I don't have my preseason predictions in front of me. I will try to get those for the next episode of the podcast we do, um, which will be most likely early next week. So that's where we stand. I mean, it really is incredible to see that. Speaking of crazy seasons, by the way, we are talking about Memphis earlier. Phoenix. I, I mean, they were, you know, they were in quicksand for a good chunk of this season. They had so many injuries, so many problems. And even when they got Kevin Durant, right, we, we barely talked about that on this show since because it's been so long since we last did a podcast that Kevin Durant comes in and he was hurt when he first came in. But of course, the, the Phoenix Suns have figured it out, at least to a certain extent. They've won seven of the last ten. They've won six in a row at the time of recording. They're pretty much locked into the four spot. I know they can't go any higher. Barring a, a crazy end of the season, I'm pretty sure they're stuck uh, in the number four seed. Now this is where things get interesting, right? I mean, this is where the West really gets fun. Again, all likelihood that it's going to be Denver at the one, Memphis at the two, Sacramento three, Phoenix four, right? Right now, right now, the Clippers are in fifth. They have an identical record to the team in sixth place, which is the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, who have just had one of, like, I, I can't think of a, a more Jekyll and Hyde season for a defending NBA champion. This season at home, they've been almost impeccable, 33-8. and eight. That's one of the best home records in the NBA. On the road, they've been one of the worst teams in the league. There are only a handful of teams that have a worse road record than the 9-30 and 30 on the road Golden State Warriors. So, Golden State is going to have to figure out a way to win on the road in the postseason because they're not going to get home court advantage in the first round. And again, that they shined on the road during last year's title run. I mean, historically, nobody goes into Boston in the NBA Finals and wins a championship. Golden State did it. You know, I think only the 85 Lakers with Magic and Kareem did that before Steph, Clay, and Draymond did it with the Warriors last season. So, regardless, the precedent is so crazy, but this year they've been so bad. I mean, they haven't even won 10 road games. It's just embarrassing the way they've played on the road at times. I mean, for, for those that don't follow Golden State, you know, game in and game out, and I'm not saying I do, I'm just saying I, I check in on them from time to time because they're fun to watch. They're, they've been, they've literally thrown games away on the road. Just, just said, eh, you know, we're good. Just thrown them away at times. And that's where the embarrassment kind of comes in. Almost arrogance of Golden State. Just say, seat us anywhere. You know, we don't need this one. Like, we're, we're already down by 15. Yeah, you guys can have it. We'll win at home. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll see if that comes back to bite them. Because there is still a chance that Golden State could end up in the play-in where they got eliminated two years ago by the Memphis Grizzlies. There's also a scenario still out there 
where Golden State could play Memphis in a 2-7 first round matchup. That is still in play because there are two teams a game back of Golden State for the sixth spot. The Lakers, who have won seven of the last ten and started to figure it out a little bit. And the, again, here we go with Jekyll and Hyde again. The New Orleans Pelicans, who at one point were the number one seed in the West earlier this season, and were right around two or three when they weren't there. They plummeted. Now they've won eight of their last ten, and they're basically a lock for the play-in, but will they get the sixth seed? I mean, that's still up for grabs two games back of the sixth seed are the timberwolves who are only a game back of the lakers and pelicans if we're talking pecking order for the play-in i don't know where to put the timberwolves in the pecking order this is around where i thought they were going to finish but the way they've gotten there has made me scratch my head i really don't understand I don't understand two things about the Timberwolves. Number one, did they have a plan with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns before they made that move? I, I Because he's been hurt so much, it sort of worked out. But I don't know if, if this is a good thing for the playoffs to have them on the same team. It, it, it To me, it feels like they still haven't figured that out. And then... The second part is their depth. I mean, I don't know if they have as much as I thought they did in their depth. The Timberwolves were were exposed, I think, this year for a lack of depth. And they're a 500 team because of it. I mean, that's really uh, one of the underlying stories that no one's talking about in the West. How mediocre uh, injuries are not that Minnesota has been this season. The 10 spot is currently occupied by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I tipped my cap to the Kings. I might have to give a bigger hat tip to the OKC Thunder. I don't know how they're here. I can't explain it to you. They shouldn't be here. They still might not get in. They're tied uh, with with an identical record somehow with the Dallas Mavericks, who are potentially throwing this season away if they don't win their last few games here. The Kyrie edition, which we haven't talked about, again, it's been a while since we've done a show, uh, couldn't have gone any worse. It's been a disaster. Luka's not happy. Mark Cuban's not happy. Kyrie's happy, I guess, because he's out of Brooklyn. But the performances on the court have been abysmal. I mean, all the talk has just been where, you know, how did they lose Jalen Brunson? They needed to keep him. Knicks fans like me are smiling because we are thrilled with how that's turned out. And Dallas has got to be thinking, we had the team last year. We just needed to build on it. They didn't. They lost a big piece in Brunson. They waited too long to address it. And Kyrie Irving coming in has made it even worse. And I remember when the deal happened, I remember thinking to myself, This is either going to be a masterstroke from the Mavericks front office, like a deal that works out brilliantly well, or it's going to blow up in their face. And the latter is playing out right now. They've lost seven of their last 10. They don't look like a play-in team, let alone a playoff team. And they're lucky 
that the OKC Thunder are young and not good on the road this season because Dallas might have might already be out right now if OKC had played a little bit better this year. I mean, they're already playing kind of out of their minds, but OKC Thunder, if they're a 500 team, there are the Mavs are already out. I mean, there's no discussion here. So it's crazy. It's crazy. And then the Utah Jazz are a game and a half back in 12. They still have a puncher's chance at it. I mean, what a great start to the season Utah had. It looked like they were going to keep it up. Since the All-Star break, they've been in and out of the play-in race. I think a couple times they've been in the top six since the All-Star break, if memory serves. And now they're running out of time very, very quickly. I give them a lot of credit. This was supposed to be a rebuild year. You you trade away Gobert and Mitchell, and they're still in it with a couple of games left to get to the postseason. Fair play. I, I mean, this is kind of how you want to do it, right? I mean, they're still going to get a decent pick in the draft, if not a good pick, and you're still competitive. I mean, give the Utah Jazz front office, Danny Ainge, a lot of credit. They, they've done a really good job with this. And they can, it's, I mean, it's house money for Jazz fans. If they get in, hey, free free play-in games, free playoff games, cool. If they don't, let's see who we get in the draft. I mean, that's really where you want to be at this position in a rebuild if you're a team like the Utah Jazz sitting in purgatory, where you don't want to be, and you can put the Thunder in the Jazz category as well. They've done, that front office uh, continues to pull off miracles, it seems like. The place you don't want to be is in Dallas, Texas right now. Because the Mavs the Mavs are in danger of throwing away a season in Luka's prime here. And it's just unacceptable. There, there's really no excuses for this. They're too good, just because really of Luka and Kyrie, to miss the play-in completely. I mean, could you imagine? You know, Luka's frustrated. But imagine if he doesn't play any postseason games, not even any play-in games. I mean, that alone is a fireable offense from that front office. I mean, that's just not good enough. And there's, again, Kyrie comes in, he was hurt at the beginning, they didn't really flow. That There's no excuse. There's no excuse for this if you're the Dallas Mavericks. Kyrie Irving was a move that was supposed to do two things satisfy Luka being frustrated with the personnel he had around him because Jalen Brunson went to New York and make you competitive this year to make another deep run in the NBA playoffs. Dallas was, what, two or three wins away from going to the NBA Finals last year, and they lost to the to the current, I should say, NBA champion Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Luca's by by far Luca's best run in the postseason, and to follow that up with potentially his worst, you miss the play-in. I mean, there's frankly no excuse, and like I said earlier, potentially fireable offenses to the front office on that one. That's just you can't accept that if you're Mark Cuban and, and you're the Mavericks organization, you have a top five player. In the NBA, who could end up being one of the greatest of ever we ever seen in Luka Doncic, and you're throwing away one of his years here. You're just, eh, we'll get him next time. It's just not good enough. 
And again, if you lose out to the OKC Thunder, the Minnesota Timberwolves, I mean, there's there's words worse than unacceptable. It's inconceivable. It's inconceivable that Dallas could finish behind OKC and Minnesota. And they're likely going to finish behind Minnesota. But if they can't get past OKC and slide into the play-in, Again, it's already been a disappointment, right? The playing would be a disappointment for the Mavs, especially the bottom end of it. But to miss it completely? I mean, that is where there there could be some big changes this offseason in Dallas. I mean, there's just no way around it. Great to see this. I mean, again, the podcast will go out, I think, before this game happens. But the Jazz play the Thunder in Utah, and it's postseason on the line for both teams. Can't wait. I mean, that's just going to be... It's just going to be a great game. So much on the line. And then OKC hosts Memphis on Sunday. For Dallas, they've got a very winnable game against the Bulls, who basically have nothing to play for. They're already in the play-in. They can't improve their position. So Dallas, again, it's a must-win game anyway, but they, they really need to have that one. And then they get San Antonio on Sunday. Another game where you'd look and you'd say... They should roll the Spurs over. The Spurs have had an awful year. They're 39 games under 500. You've got to beat them and get into the postseason. You know, the, like I said, you've got an easier schedule than OKC. Get the job done. You know, get in. You'll still it'll still be a disappointing season if you don't get into the playoffs out of the play-in. But Dallas has got two games left to salvage what's left of their season. And to me, it is one of the most shocking storylines of the entire second half of the season. To see what has happened to Dallas has been jaw-dropping. And part of it, you know, with Kyrie, I could see potentially coming. But the fact that Luke has been this upset, he said it publicly that he's just been frustrated about this team all year and the way it's played out on the court. It, it's just it's just incredibly crazy. It's just wild. And we will see if the Mavs can give themselves a lifeline in these last two games. We will know by the next time we talk on this podcast where the Mavs uh, sit and what their fate will be for the postseason. One last thing before I get out of here. Potential matchups for the Western Conference playoffs. I mean, so many good potential ones here. I mean, we could see... Uh, Denver, New Orleans, or Denver, LA in the first round. We could also see Memphis, Golden State. We could see Memphis, Lakers in the first round. We could see Kings, Warriors in the first round. Sacramento will be hopping. We could see Suns, Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. KD against Golden State is still very much a possibility. There is a scenario, by the way, where we could see Clippers-Lakers in a play-in in the first round as well. It's that tight right now, 5-8. through eight. So a lot is still to be determined. I, I, I will run through the, the schedules for those four teams because the last two games of the NBA regular season sometimes can be crappy, just not a lot happening, not much to play for. There's a lot going on. Like, there's there's a ton happening. 
Pelicans, uh, we know a little bit. They play the Knicks on Friday. Then they go to Minnesota to finish the regular season. That's pretty tough. That's pretty tough if you're New Orleans trying to get into the top six. The Lakers have Phoenix at home, Utah at home to finish the regular season. Not going to be easy. Golden State, how fitting is this? The one, you know, nine and thirty on the road this year. They have to go to Sacramento where they could play in the first round, and then they have to go to Portland to finish the regular season. And in all likelihood, they're going to need two wins there if they're going to clinch a top six spot and clinch a place in the playoffs and avoid the play-in. The Clippers, again, currently sitting in fifth. They have to play Portland at home. And then in what could also be a potential first-round preview, they have to go to Phoenix to finish the regular season. And if it plays out the way it could play out, they might go, they might stay in Phoenix when the, when that game is over because they might start a first-round series with KD, CP3, Devin Booker, and the Suns. I can't wait to see how all this plays out. We'll have plenty to talk about on the next episode of the podcast. Until then, thank you so much as always for listening to the show. Can't wait to grow this show further with the Midtown and Rebound podcast network, all a part of the Fans First Sports Network family. Thank you again for listening, and I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Midtown and Rebound podcast network, all part of the family of the Fans First Sports Network.